Hey, beautiful people. Welcome back to Love and Light. It's your girl, C, Sienna, Mamacita. You know who it is. Welcome back. Or if this is your first time, welcome. Love and Light is a podcast about life. I try my best to be, share, and experience love and light in all of its forms. As we navigate life, why not process things through the lens of love? This space is essentially me documenting my life through that lens and building a community rooted in authenticity. Today's topic is Latinidad, Latinx Heritage Month, Machismo. I asked y'all some things that you wanted to talk about, and in the spirit of honoring that, I have postponed the diversity episode because I was only able to be joined today by three amazing Latino men who I will have introduced themselves in a second. But in the spirit of diversity, I felt that we needed more of that before recording that episode. So we have shifted, we move, it's okay. We're adaptable in this house. And with that being said, I'm going to bring on my first year friend, Juan. He's going to introduce himself. So hi, love. How are you doing? Thanks, Sienna. So my name is Juan. I uh, am Salvadoran. My family immigrated from El Salvador when there was a civil war. And Sienna and I go way, way back. <laughs> but I think one of the main reasons why, I want, why I'm so interested, or I, honestly, I constantly have this conversation about machismo, is because it affects our daily life so often, right? And I think not just as a man, but I think just everyone, it, it, it definitely permeates all cultures and it's unfortunate, right? So it's definitely something that I want to continue to talk about and I'm super excited to join the conversation here. Yay, I love that. Um, you're so right. It definitely like permeates cultures. It's not specifically a Latinx thing, even though machismo is the word for it in our community. But moving on, Gabby, you can introduce yourself. Hey, um, so I'm Gabi. I identify as Afro-Dominican. Um, I am an immigrant. And um, I think like the reason why I wanted to join this conversation was because uh, to me, right, like I feel like I'm always like trying to be a better person, like make sure that I deconstruct uh, where machismo comes from. And so like, I just want to make sure, you know, like this to be the best person that I can be. I try to have those conversations on a daily, pretty much. I love this. And I mean, I will say it a bunch of times throughout this entire episode, but like, thank you all so much for being here with me and being vulnerable and candid. I think it's very difficult, although increasingly so, to find like authenticity um, in these spaces and even more so for like men to be critical about male dominated things. So yeah, last but not least is my friend Khalil. What's going on, baby? Hi, love. Um, I'm Khalil or I go by Khalil. Uh... I am Ricardo Khalil, uh, and my family is Afro-Cubano. I'm in- interested in this com- conversation because, as as Juan said, machismo is something that definitely permeates all cultures. And definitely in Latino culture, it's very convoluted. And so it's definitely going to be interesting to explore uh, what machismo means and what it, how it, how it, impacts us in different ways because I feel like it's very different in different Latino cultures. You bring up a great point and I'm actually so glad that you brought it up because I couldn't have like written this any better and I didn't by the way but that's the perfect segue for my first question is how would you define machismo? Um, And that's a question for all of y'all right but for me like I grew up always hearing machismo and anytime the men in my family or in my life did something like super prideful, we'd be like, oh, that's machismo. But I don't think I've ever heard a concrete definition of it. I think it's all very like 
inferred reasoning, right? The way that I've heard it in context is how I've felt my definition. So I'm curious how you all have defined machismo in your head. Sure, I can probably start on this. I think my definition of machismo, um, to use you know, English language, I kind of most associate it with toxic masculinity. Um, the way I see it is, you know, it's it's part of our culture where because we have to be these, you know, and I'm using air quotes here, men, um, and kind of have this strong figure, uh, it kind of, <laughs> it manifests and it, it what's the word? Um, it creates a lot of toxic, toxic masculinity between the men. For sure. I think toxic masculinity would probably be my English translation of it as well. But yeah, I want to hear from Gabby and Khalil before we move on. Yeah, um, I think like just to like piggyback off of one, like yeah, like I, I feel like it is toxic masculinity, but like I feel like it's a little bit more than that. Like I feel like it's just like, uh, at least like for me, it's just like the way that society tries to like uh, make my, like define my masculinity in a sense. Um, and I don't know, I feel like it's it's a struggle because it's like you, you know, like there's like no way to like dis- define masculinity, right? And so like for me, it's just like, I felt like from my family, from like just like a lot of people around me, like my masculinity was defined for me. And so like it never like really like let me be myself, but I had to fit like this stereotype that it's like kind of like what it is to be like a macho. Yeah, no, that I think is a really interesting idea, right? And I think it expands beyond machismo, but this idea that like societal pressures, familial pressures define you for you and don't let you define you for yourself. I said you a lot of times, but I hope that made sense. (laughs) Khalil, do you want to jump in with your experience or definition? Yeah. I mean, so I I feel like machismo can be a lot of things just when it comes to masculinity and what men are expected to be or do, but it definitely is most frequently used to describe, I feel like, a demeanor. And I definitely agree with Juan. It's usually ends up being toxic masculinity or and and being associated with toxic mas- masculinity but really i also do see it as being just a general uh thing about expectations of what men are supposed to do and be um which is interesting because we get that in all cultures as we, as we said before yeah for sure i think the idea that there are like gender dynamics and male pressures you know is not at all unique to Latinx culture. I looked it up because I was like, I don't know that there's a definition. And the definition that was most interesting to me is from Britannica.com. And it says, machismo, exaggerated pride in masculinity, perceived as power, often coupled with minimal sense of responsibility and disregard of consequences. In machismo, there is supreme valuation of characteristics culturally associated with the masculine and a deintegration of characteristics associated with the feminine. So off bat, I was like, wow, they attacked men. Um, But if I really think about it, I think for me, before reading this, I would just associate machismo with like excessive pride. And I almost feel like machismo in the way that I've seen it has been like overcompensation of pride in being like the man, air quotes, of the house or of the family or whatever. But I think it's really interesting because, and I'm just thinking of this now, but I don't think I would ever say machismo is a positive thing. And I'm curious 
have y'all ever experienced machismo as a positive thing or I don't know are there aspects of it that you think can be positive honestly no like I no like I just feel like like I, like I said at the beginning I just felt like for the majority of my life like I mean even now like you know like those expectations are still there for my family members so like I just like try to uh, fight those expectations because I know that's not me but I always felt like even like as a child like growing up in a in a Latinx household um I just felt like I was pushed to not be myself and that that's uncomfortable because if you know like if you can't be yourself like even at home then you know that's that it's it's a lot to deal with absolutely I'm curious and I love that you brought that up um you keep saying and we've all said right that there's kind of this expectation imposed on you. What are the expectations that make you feel like, oh, they want me to like have machismo or be the macho? Like what, what does that look like for you? Um, I think, uh, you know, and, and that's like in my experience, right? Like I feel like um, a lot of my family members uh, usually, you know, like when, when we get together, they will like say homophobic jokes just to like, I don't know, like make, make sure, mm. just to like to let the room know that they're a man and like that they're attracted to women or like what whatever it is like i don't know um in other ways it's like i don't know like you know like the guy is supposed to like take out the trash like you know every, every like every time or like i don't know, you say things like that um in 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 a lot of instances it has been like you know like not like often not sharing your emotions i felt like that was a big one just because i felt like mm-hmm. You know, like there was a lot going on, like in my personal life, that um, I needed to share in order to um, yeah. decompress a lot of the times, and I felt like my uh, family unit, like that, that didn't allow me to to do that, to share those emotions, and I felt like because of that, like I grew up like very repressed uh, in some ways, like because of machismo. That makes a lot of sense to me, right? Like obviously, I'm. A woman, so I can't say that like I've ever felt machismo being imposed on me. That's a lie. I can't say that I feel like I've been expected to be macho, but I've damn sure had machismo imposed on me. Um, just in like family dynamics and things like that. But yeah, y'all can't see it, but like we were all literally nodding our heads, like, mm-hmm, that part. Um, it's just so toxic. Yeah, I don't like I don't think pride is inherently a bad thing. I think letting your pride navigate your life will be horrendous for you in the long run. Um, but yeah, I I wonder if there is a positive version a version of machismo that like does more help than harm. But I don't even know what that would look like. Can I speak on that a little bit? Yes, please do. So I, I definitely, um, I feel like machismo usually shows up in a sense of like, you should not, number one, uh, like you shouldn't be doing anything that's feminine. But I definitely have to say when I, um, when I was coming up, my family was a little bit ahead of their time. Not that they always were, but like, as I started to grow up, they started to like catch on to political correctness I guess and so like whereas I know my uncle grew up with uh people telling him oh you shouldn't be in the kitchen with your mom uh 
uh, I was encouraged to That's cook. That's so interesting. You know? Yeah. But instead, it showed up in a sense of, like, the the machismo was like, oh, you're a pilgrim man. You're a cispedes man. You you gotta you gotta have that pride and mm-hmm. walk that stuff, you know. And that's more how it was uh, ingrained into me. Although I have to say, there was also the uh, keep your emotions low um, that was very. Uh, I don't even know what to say about that. That that just you know. <laughs> Yeah. No. If I if I can piggyback off that. Go for it. Um I want to go back to the definition that you that you read from Britannica, right? Absolutely. And at some point it said a lack of accountability, right? And I mm-hmm. think that is so true and and in such so, in such weird ways I think that that yes, there's kind of this pride of like oh you have to be a man, but not only do you have to be a man, there's going to be parts or, or times in 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 your life where you can up and excuse my language, you can mess up. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. And there's going to be no accountability for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is important to, to really note because as men, particularly as Latinx men, and when you're growing up uh, with, with a, a complexity of different identities, one thing that you can fall uh, very comfortable in is that masculinity. And I don't think that that's necessarily fair because that's something that we have to just deconstruct. Um, men should be held accountable. That's that's and there's no there, like you like everyone here has said there's no good in machismo because there's a lack of accountability and because there's a hyper masculine uh, desire to to or this desire to be hyper masculine to prove I'm not you know X Y and Z. In other words, I'm not feminine, which is stupid in my opinion. Yeah, no, that part for sure. Um... Yeah, it says that there is a disregard for consequences, which is similar, but I do want to clarify because it doesn't say accountability, but I also kind of feel like there isn't. Um, So I don't think that you're wrong, right? When I think about, and Khalil, you brought it up too, and Gabby, I think as well, right? Like there's just, to be masculine is supposed to be opposite of feminine, um, or that's how it's defined. But I think that they like coexist and to your point Khalil about like growing up you know your generation and the generation immediately above you kind of shifting the narratives of what they were brought up with part of me is like okay this is like machismo is very rooted in Latinx culture but there is a part of me that's like maybe generationally we've been making a shift to abolish undo I don't those feel like not the correct words but to unlearn machismo and to kind of remove it from what it means to be a Latino you know I definitely feel like uh like it's it's changing but I also feel like there's always going to be a sense of machismo I I just I'm hoping that what that means is that the toxic machismo the toxic masculinity is starting to be weeded out Mm -hmm. while the um prideful prideful hopeful parts are still held on to a little bit but i do feel like there's always going to be some kind of uh sense of machismo whether that's a good thing or bad thing i don't know no that's true i feel that and i think i think that about a lot of things right like especially in society and i think our generation specifically we've spoken and are acting so much towards like 
abolition of so many systems like capitalism and racism and sexism. And people will say like, oh, well, you know, it's un-American to be racist. It's un-American to be capitalist. And I'm like, that's a joke because that's what this was founded on. I think, unfortunately, think the same way about Latinidad in the U.S. Because I do want to clarify, I think Latinidad, like on the islands or in your respective countries, is very different from the expression of Latinidad in the U.S. I think it's a hybrid. I think machismo is rampant in all Latinx cultures, whether you're on the U.S. or not. But I agree with you, but I think it's sad to agree that like machismo is foundational to my understanding of Latino men, at least in the U.S., that undoing that is so much labor on y'all's part. Because like, I can't do much about it as a woman. I can teach, you know, if I were to like be blessed with having sons or whatever, that's the extent to which I could like have a hand in dismantling it. But I am curious, and this is a little bit of a shift, because I'm doing the Latinx Pride Project, I'm wondering so many things. But the thing that I want to ask is, what is it specifically that makes you proud of being like a Latino man? Like what, you know, there is pride, I think, in being an individual and in being from where you're from. Is there pride in being a part of that specific community? Um, can I ask for like a clarifying question? Absolutely. Do you mean like, uh, uh, like in, in, the, in terms of the, like the pride, like being a Latino man in the United States or like being a Latino man in general? I think in general, because the pride project that I'm doing is about your pride in your Latinidad and being a part of the Latinx community as a whole. I can say that there are definitely things that make me proud of being a Latina woman. But I'm wondering if there are things that make y'all proud of being a Latino man, not just your Latinidad in general. American men have stiff hips. <laughs> I'm screaming. Wait, why is that so accurate? That's amazing. Oh, my God. And it's a joy because all three of you were dancers, too. You all did. Oh, wow. My kings. I love this. Oh, I'm sorry. I know Juan does not like that. <laughs> so, uh. It's curious you asked this question, um, and I'm happy that Gabi asked to clarify that question because I was thinking it in two ways, right? I was thinking of myself as a man in the U.S. as a Latino versus myself as a man um, in El Salvador. And I think it's very different. I think the dynamic is very different. I think in the U.S., given the identity portion of maybe uh, being, you know, uh, uh, racially ambiguous and, and being Afro-Latino or bringing in kind of a different perspective as a man in the U.S., there's a lot of pride that may come with that, um, that I overcame, right? I overcame mm. a lot of obstacles that come with being not just a person yeah. of color, but, you know, a, a, a particular Latino in the U.S. who is oftentimes persecuted just for where they're from. Mm -hmm. And I think there's pride in that. However, when I go home and I see how my cousins act, how my uncles act, how it's very toxic and, it, and it's, it's heartbreaking because it makes me not want to identify, it makes me literally not want to associate myself with my family. I have a lot of family mm -hmm. down in uh in virginia where it's it's hard to really want to go and hang out with them because i am so i i hate having to like gabi said and, and kind of how khalil said have these expectations placed upon me so it's frustrating um because i can't be proud of that so i hear that so heavy i think 
I love that you can say that. And I like really respect and appreciate the candor that all of you are giving because I think machismo is more than a male issue. I think men need to deal with it. Men need to get themselves together, but it permeates the family dynamic and men are not the only people upholding machismo. And that bothers me because, and again, I think part of this is being in the U S because I think on like, for me being Puerto Rican on the Island, I, I have never lived there. Let's start there. So I can't speak to like being raised there or that experience, but I visited and I have like cousins through marriage who, you know, have like been born and raised on the Island. And I really think about how homophobia is like somehow like a coin, right? It feels like a coin in conversation, kind of like what Gabby was saying, you make the one homophobic Mm -hmm. joke so everyone knows, oh, he's not gay. But I don't feel like that should invalidate your masculinity, but in machismo, it does. And I feel like that's almost the first stepping stone of being like, I'm straight, boom, you like get a brownie point. And it's really bothersome. And I could actually go on a tangent forever and I'm not going to, but (laughs) I will add that like circling back to my idea that like not only men uphold machismo, there are so many things about like being a Latina woman and knowing how to clean properly and knowing how to cook properly. And like the idea that at family gatherings, you serve your man. And I was like, who? That's not me. That's not, mm -mm, not the one. This is a whole other thing. But like the idea that being a woman automatically means you have to submit I protest against but I am fully for equal partners submitting to each other in different contexts because that's a way of showing your love but the idea that like you deserve my submission simply because you're a man and simply because you're my man not it but yeah family dynamics are so interesting I'm curious for Khalil and Juan because I already asked Gabby when you're thinking about like how machismo has been imposed on you or what were the things that you saw growing up that you were like, uh-huh, machismo. I think it, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> a lot of examples. Uh, I can just think of kind of like Gabi said, you know, there's, there's always the, the homophobic joke. Um, there's always the, uh, I, was, I, was having a, <laughs> I was having a conversation with my uncle um, and he was pretty drunk, but uh, drunk you know, uncles I've, I've might be the most honest people. <laughs> the like, worst. Oh, I mean the worst also. <laughs> honest in a bad no, way. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're the most candid people, I think, to walk the earth. Yes, very much so. And so I was having this conversation. Um, this was shortly, I think, during my time at college. And, you know, he knows that I've, I've been pretty successful. Um, I think I at this point had an internship and all that. So he was just very proud of me. He was saying, you know, I'm really proud of you. You're, you're, you're doing great. Um, I want you to keep studying, keep doing what you got to do. And then all of a sudden, without any, absolutely, what I mean, without any kind of like segue into this topic, he automatically goes into this topic and starts to complain about gay couples uh, adopting. And I was very confused because at no point did this, did this topic come up. We were talking about, you know, there's some shitty things going on in the U.S. or whatever. And then all of a sudden, this was a shitty thing that was going on in the U.S. to him. And I was like, whoa. And I checked them and I had, a, and that's just one example. There's so many examples. It, it even goes from like, from, from the women and I'm not blaming the women because a lot of times, you know, this is instilled in, as part of our culture, but, you know, being expected to bring in the money or being expected to carry the groceries, being expected to, and that's like, yeah, sure. I can help. But I, 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 
I refuse, for example, if, there's, if it's me and a woman in a, in a moving things, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're not going to move this because you're a woman. That's stupid. And that's a lot of times what you see. And those are the small things. But like you said, it's a lot of those small things that, and I really use air quotes here because I hate saying this, put women in their place. And it sucks. Yeah. No, I think also this idea of like the small things, I want to shift to using the word details because those small things are impactful, right? Like, forget my French, but like, those are the examples that automatically come to mind. It's those little things. It's, you know, who got to get up from the table, who got their food first. That's what you see. And although I think you don't realize the importance of it until you're older, the importance can't be overstated of the example that you're setting, right? Because kids, everyone mimics what they see, not what they're being told, right? Do as I do, not as I say. And so if that's what I'm seeing, and I'm seeing these gender dynamics play out, and I'm seeing the way that people are being spoken to when they're not living up to the expectations, that's just reinforcing all of these things. I'm curious, what has machismo taught you? So not so much as the way that like you've been told to be macho, but what have you learned from watching and experiencing machismo in your household, in your culture? How has it influenced your friendships? I'm, I'm, it's, it's kind of on topic, but it, it might shift the conversation a little bit. But I want to talk about being Latinx in an underprivileged uh, background and how machismo has taught me in that, in that circle, right? Um, in my experience. So coming from a low socioeconomic uh, background, so being, uh, you know, darker uh, and or for all intents and purposes, uh, you know, lower income. Um, and so I grew up in a pretty low income house, um, at least for probably the majority of my life. And so what machismo has taught me in that sense <clears throat> is very different because I think it, it goes a lot to how we present ourselves in society um, when we're already looked at as less. And so the machismo kind of comes out in a way that is of is 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 our um, I think way of validating ourselves um, and how I, and I, and I and I'm I'm trying to be very careful in how I how I word this because it's really <clears throat> it's tough in how men play out their uh, roles in society, especially men of color, particularly Latinos. Um, when you come from a low uh, socioeconomic background, because you have to kind of, it, it, it oftentimes what ends up happening is you impose yourself more to validate yourself, to make you feel like you actually are on par with the white man, which is an entire different conversation that's very heavy um, that I don't want to get too much into. But I think that's what Machismo has told me that I've tried to deconstruct a lot. Um, because a lot of times I find, as going to many PWIs at this point, I found myself trying to validate myself and turning to machismo to do that. And that's something that I've struggled a lot. Mm. I hear that. I think from my observation, right, the way that I've seen, when I see people act most like macho, it's, it comes across to me as like compensation for something else. And I think that's exactly what you're getting to, right? Is this idea that like, you're compensating because in your mind, people are already perceiving you as less. And so you're like boosting yourself up for yourself and ideally in their eyes. I think about this a lot with like short men because a lot of Latino men are like not six feet tall. And 
me and my girls would just call it little man syndrome where like they needed to be big and macho and like take up a ridiculous amount of space like so to speak right because they know that they're little and because they know that like women have height preferences and things like that it's it's this overcompensation but then it comes off as like really unappealing and like really gross when it was never that serious to begin with so just going i don't know rolling with the i guess idea of val- validation um i definitely agree that uh machismo is is men looking from for validation and it's interesting because it's really validation from other men but they present it as if it's just like a self type of investment but it's but from that i kind of have also learned that i i've turned that tri- pride into trust and because i feel like there is the part of machismo where it's like you know, I can do anything. And so if you go, I can go, I can do anything, you know, you're able to. And it's weird because I guess it's not machismo in this case, but I kind of learned it from my abuela because she came from Cuba when she was 17 and like without any guidance, just like decided to, I, I don't even know what order she did all this, but she became a nurse, uh, was doing was uh holding a camp every summer had a nursery like was doing everything making food for people making food for people that didn't have homes you know what i'm saying because she just Yo, well, I better go off that's my queen okay we love her we stand yeah. her no, for real. <laughs> no, honestly <laughs> no facts that's that's so real but i mean and so having that trust in yourself that you can do what you put your mind to also mm-hmm. comes from that but it, it, of course there's also like just i think i learned that if you pay too much attention to people's expectations and to validation you're gonna miss out on a lot and miss a lot of opportunities that part okay there's two there's like five things i want to say but i'm gonna say two of them um one I lied. I'm saying like four. It's fine. One, you're well, I better go off. Like that's my queen. I love that. She is just a caretaker in all senses of the word. Right. And I love that. And I think that's something that's imposed on like Latina women specifically to like be the caretaker and like head of household and all that. But she really took that as like, I care for my community. I care for people I care about. And like, I always will think that's honorable. That's amazing. Two things that I want to ask because you brought up two points that really like made me think in y'all's experience, seeing it and also having your moments of machismo, was it more for male validation or female validation? Because the idea that it's for male validation is kind of blowing my mind. So yeah, that and then two, generally speaking, right? Because I don't need y'all to like expose your families. Who runs the house? Because for me, I'll expose my family. It's on both sides, right? Both sides of my family are Puerto Rican as far back as like I can recount. I come from a family of matriarchs. Like it's very clear that the women run the house. You want permission for something, go ask your mom, not go ask your dad. So I'm curious what y'all's experience is. Yeah, definitely. Um, For the first question, absolutely. It's a 
<clears throat> I think machismo mostly uh, permeates when you are around other men. You want to validate yourself. You want to feel like you are on par, if not better than them. Um, I feel like that's how I, before I would see it. Um, it was how it, it, it would manifest itself in me. Um, and I think those around me. Uh, and I'm thinking particular cases more so in high school where, and again, we're going back to this conversation, trying to be on par with the white man. But outside of that as well, in terms of your second question, absolutely. Uh, matriarch, my mom, my mom runs the family. Uh, my mom does everything in the house and my abuelita uh, on that side as well. Um, and even on my dad's side, I think my grandma, uh, that's a whole other story, but my grandma is, is probably head of the household. Uh, my mom really, I think, and this is what I helped me a lot when I was growing up is that my mom was the one who was usually the one raising me, not so much my dad, um, when it came to the, to the details uh, per se, uh, I'll use that word. So, but um, it, that doesn't mean that I didn't see the machismo permeate within my family in different ways. Um, I do think though, it was mostly in the context of validating ourselves or someone um, to other men, to other, honestly, yeah, to other men. That's like mind blowing to me. But yeah, Gabby and Khalil, let's bring it back to those two questions of when you've experienced, seen, or, you know, engaged in machismo, is it normally for male validation? And then in your family, is it very like patriarchal men head of household or matriarchal? So in my experience, 100%, 100% for male validation. Like I could just like, when you asked that question, I brought, like, I brought myself back to I don't like when I first started um, school at BC, you know, it's like, oh, like, you know, like you're in college now, whatever. And so like I would go back home and whenever I would be around my cousins, they would ask me, oh, OK, so like how many how many people are you hooking up with? And it's like, whoa, like and, and I just felt like, you know, they wanted me to say, like, I don't know, like I'm hooking up with like seven people at once just because like that's yeah. what I needed to do in order to like be validated in that space. You know, and yeah, because you had access to all these. Women, yeah, so yeah. They were like, you must be taking advantage. Yeah. And so like when, you know, like at times, like I would be hooking up with nobody. And so like for them, that was like, oh, no, like he's being like he's being a palomo. Like, you know, he's not like like, what are you doing? Like, and I'm like, yeah, like if it will feel shitty, you know, in that moment. But like in reality, it's like, well, like I don't have to be hooking up with anyone if I don't want to. Right. Um, and in terms of the other question, yeah, like my mom has ran the household like forever ever since i could remember she's like literally the person like the like the person that runs the house um let me see like ever since i could remember i mean like when i was seven my parents got divorced and like from that point on like my dad um stopped uh, supporting us financially and my mom got it together and she was literally she just made it happen i don't know how but she made it happen um and even now so That's she's a quote <laughs> <laughs> she made it happen. A queen. Um, and now um, she's married to someone else. But like still, like mm -hmm. if anything, if any decision is being taken at home, like it needs to be, come like, like my mom has to like stamp that like approval. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so real. I have so many things that I think about. But I think that's so true, right? For me, I think of it as single women. But I also think, again, because my entire family, like even by marriage, Two people that I can think of, like in my whole extended family, have married non-Latinx people. Like the whole family is Latinx. And at that, all Caribbean Latinx. It's all Puerto Rican, Cuban, or Dominican. Those are the three. But I'm thinking about that of like the single women, but also just Latina women in general get done. I could definitely say that for all women, but right now I'm going to like, 
hone in on Latino women because I, yeah, at least in my immediate family, whether they've been a single mother or not, it's always been the like, when in doubt, you go to her to solve your problem. When in doubt, you go to her to get that help that you need. Like there was, there was no doubt that she will find a way. Okay, question, and this is me totally just being nosy, but I think of, I, I mean, we all know who I am. Um, I think about this a lot in like, when you think about like dating and relationships, there's this idea that like the man wears the pants, but in reality, it's the woman who does, which we've all just confirmed that the woman like holds the power, but they let the man think he has the power. In y'all's romantic relationships or in the, you know, romantic relationships that you see and are surrounded by, do you feel like that holds true? What are the areas in which the men in your family truly, like, do hold the power? I think uh, in relationships, I see that kind of touching back with the topic of validation from other men. I think when outside of the household, the man has to kind of put up this front. Um, and that's why they seem like, oh yeah, they're the head of the household, they're the macho. When you get an invitation, it's Mr. and Mrs., whatever the last name is of the, of the, of the husband or things like that. I think in relationships, right, it, it definitely, that's how it is because of that validate, we need that validation. And then when you go home, right, it's a, it's a complete, you see these memes and you see these, these TikToks or or random like videos of, of like a man acting a lot more feminine in the home. And I'm going to use that as an air quote. I don't want to, acting more like themselves, I, I honestly, uh, when they're home. And it's sad because I think on one end, right, uh, putting up that front when you're outside uh, and doing so much of that acting and and fostering that that toxic culture, it really takes away from who you are. And it, it definitely, I, that's I, that's something I've, I, you know, I've been trying, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I've tried to deconstruct because it's not fun having to run these two lives of me being a macho man at, outside and the boy, well, I'm speaking Spanish now. Um, and then at home, you know, eh, eh, you know, she, so, it's it's tough. I think it definitely comes back to that validation of um, from the outside. It has to seem like the man is 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 you know running things, but then at home, uh, that's not like as we discussed. That's not the case. <laughs> I know my parents' relationship. Um, it's very interesting. Like I know personally for me, um, I go to both of them for things, and especially I go to mom for like most technical things. My dad was a lawyer, and he's a lawyer in every single thing he does. There's anything that I would go to him for, it would just be for interesting conversations. Let's let's say that. But um, when it comes to their relationship, and it probably helps that my dad isn't actually Latino, but uh, they're very, uh, I guess they they work as a team very well. Like they have scheduling meetings and things like that. It's 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 great. Um, and in older generations, I definitely. It's it's hard to say, mostly because, especially I I know my abuela and my grandfather were not married when I was born. Um, a step grandfather, I it it's it's interesting. It always seemed like my abuela like had the heavy hand, and that's who you would go to for anything, and that's who was in charge. It it, it didn't seem cl- cloaked, but I also felt like I don't know. My family was different if that's so I don't know anything yeah that definitely makes sense um I do think it's also interesting when not both parties are Latinx 
because there are different cultural influences at play, right? I think when we were talking about at the very beginning of like machismo permeating all cultures, I think it's huge in Caribbean culture too. I don't think it's just Latinx culture. And I'm not like a person who can touch on that too extently because I wasn't actually raised in the Caribbean, but it's something that I thought about. I have a question that I think is going to, I think y'all are going to need some time to think about. But when I think of Latino men, one of the first things that I think about is machismo. And I'm wondering, in your ideal world, how would you like Latino men to be characterized? What is the one thing that you wish Latino men were known for? So I don't know necessarily whether this is a characteristic um, associated with Latino men or not. I've definitely associated it with family members that I know, but I wish Latino men were known for having soft demeanors in their interaction. I love that. I don't think they're known for that, but I love it. I'll say I know you for that. I will absolutely like ascribe that to you because yeah, I think like in our interaction, and I didn't even know you were Latino until like a year or so into our friendship. And then it just like casually came up with like the Cuba trip. I think Um, we went to high school for those who don't know, um, which is like most of y'all, but me and Khalil went to high school together and there was a dance trip to Cuba and you went on that trip, correct? Right. Yeah. Okay. So when we were talking about that trip, you had told me that like you wanted to visit Cuba and like where your family's from. And that was the first time where I was like, I'm sorry, huh? I gave the biggest side eye because I was like, we've been friends for this long. I did not know this about you. I feel so much closer to you. I feel like Latinidad, if nothing else, honestly, gives me an inherent connection to people. But yeah, Gabby and Juan. I find it so interesting that Khalil led with what he did saying, you know, in some way, shape or form, you know, that soft demeanor, that soft openness, right? Um, the first thing I was thinking is I would want us to be known for literally being kind and caring. And that's that's what, those are the two words that came into my mind. Um, and I think about that uh, because of the people I surround myself with, um, and particularly actually my friend Gabby, um, and the ways in which we were able to connect so much was because we were so caring and kind to each other and able to be so open with each other. And I think there's a little bit of that in, in everyone. And I wish, you know, machismo didn't permeate so much that it kind of, ma- it, it, it covers that, it, it hides that, it, it pushes it to the side or it makes that a secondary thing that once you get to know me and once we sit down on our own, I'll show you my kindness and care. But when we're outside and I just got to know, you know, it's going to be the machismo and I hate that. I wish it would that, that would be the first impression, that first uh, way that you know me as or that someone knows, you know, a Latinx person as. Um, and I, I don't, I, I think that that's the case for everyone. I mean, I believe that there's should be more care and kindness around the world. But I think particularly with Latinx men, especially with that machismo attached to us, wherever we go, um, I, I, I wish we, we could be characterized by that. And unfortunately, because of how, you know, men are, we're not. Um, so men got to do a lot to kind of step that up. It's had me thinking for a while. <laughs> um, and it actually brought me back. It's funny because um, I remember when uh, my girlfriend and I started dating, I remember one person, she was uh, Latina. Um, and she told my girlfriend that she has to watch out for Dominican men because we're cheaters. Um, and so just to go back to your question, I think that what I would like 
um, like in a perfect world, um, I would like Latino, Latino men to be known as like, I don't know, like people that are genuine with themselves. And um, I don't know, like, like, I would like us to be known as like people that like could portray like our real personalities, um, you know, like in our daily interactions, just because I feel like a lot of times, like it's been said before, right? Like, I feel like we um, hold back a lot because of these expectations. But, uh, but in reality, right, like if we were genuine with ourselves, like we could portray that to other people as well. Absolutely. I love that. And I think this actually brings me back to something I've been thinking this whole time. And I wasn't sure when to say it and now feels like the time. I feel like if I had to give a very short, like essence to machismo, it's emotional immaturity. And I feel like what you're saying essentially is that you want i think what you're all saying is rooted in emotional maturity if latino men were known for their emotional maturity they would be confident enough in themselves to be sincere to be nuanced to have this duality to be kind off the bat and not feel like that open demeanor that soft demeanor that kindness in any way invalidates their masculinity And again, I don't think that's unique to Latino men, but I think it's exacerbated because of the cultural influences that you are supposed to be the macho, you're supposed to be the head of house, you're supposed to be the strong one, the breadwinner, blah, blah, blah. Um, Yeah, I, I wish I could actually explain why, but I just feel like it's more intense in Latinx households than it is in like the general American household. Um, But if Latino men were like known for their emotional maturity or had the emotional maturity to be known as what you're all describing, it would make a lot of sense. Because if you think about Latinx culture as a whole, I think about like dancing and food and community. Those are like the main things, right? Like Latinx households are known for being super tight knit for like having the multi-generational where like the kid, the mom, the abuela, they all live together. That's not your typical American household. That's a very stereotypical Latinx household. And it would make sense if you're having really close community that everyone would be elevated to a level of emotional maturity. I don't think that's the case right now, but I would love for it to be the case. I want it to be the case in my household. I definitely want to piggyback off that because I think a lot of the reasons um, that there's that kind of emotional maturity or inability to, you know, talk about or address those emotions is kind of back to what Gabby was saying much earlier in the podcast is repression we're repressed and because we've been we 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 feel this repression from our own selves and don't get this is literally from ourselves from another man to another man repressing those emotions we're unable to really learn mm-hmm. how to address these emotions how to work through some emotions and we go through a lot of shit particularly those uh, of us who are uh, uh you know men of color latinx in the u.s we go through a lot of shit and i think mm-hmm. a lot of the times it's that repression of you have to hold tough you have to be a man you have to get through that you have to work through that adversity um and it's it's unfortunate because a lot of times you see a lot of mental health issues within our community that are oftentimes going addressed or there's that shame of oh you're seeing a therapist you must be crazy you must be messed up and i think that's so mm-hmm. fun because we really do have to repress a lot of emotions when you know when you when you when you grow up and 
and you're crying and you're like, oh, uh, I'll give you a reason to cry, right? You hear that a lot and and it sucks. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 you're right. It's, it's, we all want to be into, we want to, we want to, uh, you know, be in touch with that emotions that we have. And each one of us, we said in some way or shape mm-hmm. or form, we want to, you know, embrace our emotions, be, talk about our emotions, be one with our emotions. And we can't. Um, and oftentimes that falls, it, well, not all the times that falls on our own selves because we kind of put those expectations on each other and aren't able to, to really work through that. And when it comes down to a relationship, guess what? We haven't worked through <laughs> emotions for 25 years. What makes you think I'm going to be able to do that now, right? So it's, 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 uh, that generational trauma uh-huh. is passed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's so, so valid. And I love that you brought that up. I also think, right, I'm thinking now, like in general about Latino men. And one thing that I will say is that all of the Latino men, regardless of generation, have always been very community oriented. Like all of the Latino men that I know in my family and outside are caregivers. Their versions of care differ, but they all are caregivers, right? Like even, I know a lot of men who are very transactional, right? You give me this, I give you that. Um, In life, in relationships, in everything. But even their idea of like, I give you this for that is, is not necessarily that you owe me something, but it's almost predicated on this idea of like, we care for each other. So there should be a mutual exchange of care. So like, even if they're the breadwinner and like they prioritize their job over everything, it's because that's the only way they know how to care for their family is to like give them the money or financially support them, you know, the way that they wish they had been supported. But I do think there is an inherent care in Latino men that you're all saying like wants to shine through, wants to be pulled out. And I've never actually thought about that until like this moment, but I would say that's very true. That characterizes my cousins, my tios, my abuelos, like, yeah. I have a question as we wrap this up. Um, And again, you can take your time to think about this, but if you had to give advice to like your Latino son growing up that was very specifically culturally influenced. There's so much advice that you could give to like a son about like how to be a man and how to navigate. But what is it about like being a Latino man that you would want them to know or like grow up, I guess as like their framework? So I already have mine, although that's kind of quick, but my advice would be listen to your mother follow your mother, listen to your sister, follow your sister. Cause I definitely, well, I love this. Yeah, no. Cause I definitely, I know I got, even though I, I definitely have very far to go with my emotional, um, with my emotional maturity and emotional understanding and all that. I, the- you're doing great, sweetie. You are doing great. Thank you. I appreciate that. love. <laughs> um, but all the, the, the parts that I feel like I am, succeeding in and understanding well I definitely got from hanging out with my mom a lot I hung out with my mom and my sister all the time I was like attached to their hips you know so definitely you know go 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 hang out with your mom listen to your mom I love that I feel like that's great general advice to man woman non-binary Latino 
not Latino, just go love up on your mother, please. Yeah. And the other part of that, too, also is the machismo that I did see in my family came largely from the fact that people were like, oh, the men are downstairs. Go hang out with the men. Oh, um, you have to have some male. uh, What's it called? Role models. and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so go hang out with your mom instead. Yes. (laughs) No, that's actually so true. I do think it's important for men to have male role models. I think it's more important for men to have emotionally mature role models, regardless of gender. But I think, yeah, for sure. I think it's so powerful to see a man be emotionally mature. And I think that's the whole idea, right? But that's so true. Also, I feel like gender segregation throughout is like wild. Like even in high school, life really is like high school, which is kind of sad. But the like, you know, new work like meet and greets, although COVID, so that's not a thing. But in work meet and greets, when you sit down at programs, when you sit down at school, somehow all the boys are on the left side of the table, all the girls are on the right side of the table. Like somehow that just, but I think it's because it's what you see growing up in your family. Juan and Gabby, I want to pass it to you. And if you're not done thinking, it's okay. I think my advice for um, anyone who, you know, regardless of gender or any gender uh, that my child may be but definitely so men um if i have a son is no one else (laughs) it's the the people outside right everyone else around you none of them they don't know you they don't own you they don't uh pay your bills they don't they don't do anything that elevates your life and if they do then that's great and they would be good people right so when you go through life and as these expectations are placed on you, as someone tells you to man up or as someone tells you whatever, just remember that you are you and no one else can dictate dictate that and no one else should dictate that. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, it, it matters more to be proud of yourself more than someone else to be proud of you. And I and I and I and I genuinely, you know, I I, I can't emphasize enough that, you know, that. A lot of times, like we've been uh, speaking in this podcast, it has to do with expectations. And a lot of what I worked through to work through a lot of my machismo was not giving up about my cousins and my uncles and my parents' expectations and being me. Um, and so that's, that's you know, even because I'm not going to be a perfect dad. Um, you know, as long as, 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 as you're a good person, you're kind, you're caring, you're open with your own self, then I think, I, I hope, you know, my son will be okay. <laughs> I love that. I fully support that. And I definitely, whether you intended to or not, right, you definitely brought it back to this idea of validation and how machismo is just so rooted in trying to receive energy and praise and love from everyone but yourself. I think the advice that I would give um, um, a son, if I have one, is that, I don't know, I just... You know, like when you asked that question, I thought about a, a lot about um, identity and just about the fact that like, I don't know, like I started to think about my identity, like, I, I don't know, like not too long ago, like, and I didn't know how that was defined or, you know, like I didn't know what that meant because I feel like other people define my identity, not me. So like if I were to give him that advice, it would be to just like, you know, to to not let anyone define their identity um 
to just like you know like make sure that you know like the, their identity is something like very personal and something that you know like that something that you you have to live with um and so yeah like just so not let anyone define who they are yeah absolutely i think what's great about all of your advice is that it really is like gender neutral and i think the best advice is always widely applicable um i think like specificity is important but gender is a social construct and therefore doesn't matter i digress um (laughs) well it matters but it shouldn't um yeah no i really really love this i feel great about this conversation i I'm so glad we definitely touched on all of the main things that like I thought about when thinking about machismo and things that I didn't even think about until we were engaging in this conversation, which to me is always a sign of like really critical and authentic experience and energy exchange. So I am super, super appreciative of all of y'all for joining me. Um, And I will, because I know that we were sitting here like, critiquing Latino men because we love the community and love being a part of this community and therefore want it to be better. So before we go, I will ask you all to take part of the Latinx Pride Project and just give me a one sentence, two sentence, however long your heart desires. Um, Just sign off by saying why you're proud to be a part of the Latinx community as a whole. Um, okay, I'm I'm uh, willing to start. Um, I'm proud to be part of the the Latinx community because um, it's very based on community and a lot of a lot of love, but also just a lot of uh, caring. I, I have to say, and so like everybody's there to make each other have a good time. Um, and and enjoy themselves, whether it's enjoying food, music, conversation, um, people, and 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 it. A, a lot of the time, I see in uh, the Latinx community, you people create families. You know what I'm saying? And whether it's like your actual family or just like, oh, that's the dude across the street. He's like, yeah, you know, part of the family now. I love that. That's so true. Yeah, everyone somehow becomes like a cousin. Piggybacking right off that, I think I, I'm I'm really proud to be Latinx when it comes to that, just that that community, uh, and that's that's something that's not just you know in Amer in, in American experience, Latin American experience. Um, I think that also goes back to to you know my roots in El Salvador. I remember, you know, we knew everyone on the block, and and everyone in El Barrio, we we knew and we connected with, and you know, I knew uh the the woman in the corner uh selling pupusas and and she was you know it's it, it that's that kind of community that um i think really uh it's 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 beautiful i think you know and even even when i come here when i when i when i see latinx folks out and about in in you know wherever i go and and i have those interactions there's always like you said that connection there's always that feeling of like oh we kind of come through the same struggle and we're in the us and we look a little different and we can connect on this and ne- recognize each other uh, each other's struggle and and also each other's success and be proud of each other for that and really have have a community before you even step into a community really um, and I think that that's that's honestly great um, and I think there's there's more to it but I, I I'll, I'll definitely just I'll stick with the community for now because uh, it, it's something that really can benefit a lot of people absolutely I love that 
And last but not least, Gabby. I think, you know, just like thinking about like the question, like in like a lot of people have said here already, like, you know, like the community is like a big part of it. Like I just, you know, in my own, like in my own experience, like I, something that I miss about living in DR is like, I like, I don't even know how many people like I call tios and tias, like yeah. in the block. But those are my tios and tias at the end of the day because like they saw me grow up. Yeah, you know absolutely. And like at the end of the day, like other people have been saying like that, that's family, like regardless, right? And like just like going down there to El Colmado and like dancing a quick bachata with someone. I love it. Or, you know, just like when, when I was sick, like people would like bring me soup and I'd be like, oh, like how do you know? If not? But like mm-hmm. they know because they're like, they're involved in your life and they want to be involved in your life. Um, and I think uh, something else is that, you know, like in, you know, I want to kind of, kind of like separate like the experience that I had in DR and the experience that I have here in America, which like are two like very yeah. different ones. Um, I just think that here, like what makes me really proud of being Latino, it's just like the success that my family has had, like how long we have come. Um, my mom, like I just, I, I got to go back to my mom. Like my mom is really a fighter. And like I see that, you know, like on a, on a daily basis and just like to see like how long she has come since we were in DR, like how, like, you know, like the jobs that she took, like not that they were like, you know, bad in any way, but like she's gone from that to like, um, you know, like she's like now finishing another degree, and it's. Like, I love wow, that like, for her. You know, how did you like? How did you do that? Like while raising two kids, and it's just it's just crazy. You know, like I, I like I would come home like after school, and she would just be there like doing her homework. You know what I'm saying? Like that's something that like brings me so much pride, and it's the reason why I could say that I'm resilient. You know, because of her and because of like those many stories that I, I, I see uh, near me. I love that. Yeah. I mean, one, like we said before, Latinas get it done. Like, that's just what it is. I will end this by saying that I think a great thing about Latino men, at least in my life, is that they all like very openly love their mothers for all of the pride and shame and toxic masculinity that like is in Latinx culture and in American culture in general, Latino men are so proud of being like mama's boys and have made it such a positive thing. And as a woman, I can say I love seeing that. Like in my community, in a potential partner, like ideally in my son, if I like have one like that, it's just such a beautiful relationship to see. Um, And it always looks different, but there's, there's so much love that Latinos have for their mothers, which is so amazing. Okay, so thank you all again so much. I hope that you listeners enjoyed having these amazing men on here with me. It was so fun and thoughtful and insightful. And I hope that it provides value for you all. And happy Latinx Heritage Month. And without further ado, love and light, beautiful people. (laughs) 